Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, are you ready to add a sprinkle of joy to your day? Then you need to check out Add to Cart. Hi, I'm Sujan Pak. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. We're your hosts, and on this show, we talk about the things we buy, the things we buy into, and what it says about who we are. That's right. Each week, we're going to have some honest and maybe, you know, little TMI conversations about all the fabulous, weird, wonderful things we're adding to or ditching from our carts. You know, we talk about beauty products, latest health trends, philosophies we're passionate about. Nothing is off limits on this podcast. We're diving deep into everything we and our guests buy into and exploring what it reveals about who we truly are. We're going to decide what's worth the investment, be it money or emotions. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes out on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, I'm fully leaning into my newly minted blue check status, my verified status. Yes. And I'm kind of loving oh, it. Wow. <laughs> what perks come with it? Uh, just clout. Just clout. Enough. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Mohammed Al Sheikhi. And this week, my dryer is broken, and I've been hanging my clothes on the cast tree, and they don't love that. They don't like it. <laughs> oh, my God. And um, my name is Oja Lopez, and I had a flashback to all of the takeout trash that I had to have gotten rid of throughout the pandemic, and I feel bad because I probably am single-handedly filling up a full entire trash mound in some trash island off the Pacific Northwest. But anyways, lots of guilt about that. Yeah, I'd say you uh, made climate change progress even right. quicker. Just single-handedly. Yeah. In New York, the trash island is just called Staten Island. Oh, true. okay. That is very true. <laughs> I have something to ask you both, and I hope that you don't hold it against me, but, like, is New York just bad? Like, I like going, but it's crazy up there, right? It's so expensive. It's pretty dirty. There's not a lot of like natural free things that you can go to aside from maybe like Central Park. But like explain it maybe to the rest of us, you know, Southerners pretty much. What's up with New York? Is it bad? No, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah, I don't know what you're saying. capital of the world. Also, not you coming at us, us Southerners. That's what you said. Uh, oh, I lives <laughs> in Chicago. And <laughs> yeah, and you're just coming at him like... This is like if we asked you to explain Chicago to us, which I am sure you can't. New York has way more to do. I don't know. I think maybe Chicago is better than Los Angeles and New York. 
That I think does that's not true. even make sense. No, it really does. And I think you have to live here to know that. You know, if Los Angeles and New York, like, just exchange few stuff, like, if we got their weather, maybe, and, like, some of the beaches, New York would be the best city alive, and, like, vice versa when it comes to... Right. Uh, if Los Angeles had the subway. You know, Chicago feels quaint. I, you know, I, I watch shows about Chicago, and the boys look hot and all of that. And you do have, like, I love beach and I love skyscrapers and the fact that you can do both in Chicago. I do like that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, people don't know about the summer in Chicago. I will tout this summer in Chicago until the day that I die because it feels like paradise on Earth. You know what I mean? It just truly, it's a free beach that is 10 minutes away from my house. And I just can't see how Broadway is better than that. You know what I mean? I just can't yeah. see how. Yeah. Okay, let's talk back in the winter, Oha. When you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. today I had to dig up my car and, and I couldn't I... find it. <laughs> and then someone moved into my space that I just dug out after I drove down the street. Yeah, I literally have to fight, like arm wrestle someone for a parking spot. This is you every winter. <laughs> did I say she was perfect? No, but did I say that I think she's better than New York and Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little okay. Whatever you need to sleep well at night. <laughs> oh, my God. And we fully entered territory tribe wars here at New York, L.A., Chicago podcast. Um, you know, you know what? Since we since we since we're talking about problematic opinions, which is what you're doing right now. Oh, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I hope our listeners do bully you <laughs> for this take. Uh, we're we're trying we're we're introducing a new segment this week, which is I'm sorry, but where each of us every week one of the hosts will pick a hill to die on. Ah, uh, yes. And we'll strongly defend that opinion. And I decided that I'm gonna start this week because first I am brave. Second, I don't think I'm ever wrong, and that's just something about me. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say character flaw, but that also is that makes sense as well. Yeah, but I'm going to say I'm sorry, but iced coffee, extremely disgusting. What? And should not what? be a drink. Yes. Who are you? What? Yeah, it's me. What is it's wrong me, with Muhammad you? It's me, Sheikhi. Hey, everyone. Iced coffee is bad. Hot coffee is where it's at. I'm just saying. I'm just going to say shut down your DMs now. The hate yeah. is coming. I don't know if I've ever heard a more controversial opinion ever actually coffee should not be cold what like this is like this is like if i went and i was like hey yeah i would love some orange juice and can you warm that up for me (laughs) oh you're comparing iced coffee to warm orange juice yeah this is blasphemous yeah no i like i i'll say you know what i'll take it like one step further Ice in any drink is bad. Like, stop putting okay, ice in now, my drinks. Wow. Is, I need you to just step away, sir. No, here's wow, the thing. Wow, wow. I'll, I'll say this, okay? If you're giving me a cold drink, put it in the fridge or something, and then bring what? it to me cold. Uh, putting ice in it, I'm first sorry. of all, you're stealing the drink from me because it's just going to be water, most of it. You know? I'm just saying ice is bad. There's not, like, literally, ice is bad in a drink. It also ice uh, sunk the Titanic, so it's bad. Someone on this podcast has never um, had the good ice at Sonic before, and it shows. That's right. That's essentially water candy. At least that's how it feels in your teeth. I'm just going to say that I think you're flat out wrong. And I know we've entered a space where it's a taste thing, but I think your taste is bad. I think you're doing it wrong. (laughs) 
And this is not a subjective issue. This is you're like, wrong. yeah, you're not holding up the New York <laughs> argument here either because like you think New York is the greatest place, but you think iced coffee's bad. I don't know where your opinions lie. <laughs> yeah. Iced coffee, iced coffee is bad. And I know for a fact that I have a community out there who agrees with me. And if you're listening right now and you think iced coffee is bad, then please say so now. Please defend wow. your right to normal <laughs> hot coffee that human beings should be consuming. I feel like I just found out that you serial killed 10 people. Yeah. And I heard it from you, which is crazier than hearing it from the news. You know what I mean? And now I got to go tell my friends and defend Mahanad to all of my friends. And then I'm going to get canceled with you. I'll say this. God. I would never, I would never, even if I had the urge, I would never be a serial killer because first of all, it takes a lot of commitment. I don't have that, you know? <laughs> Okay. It takes a lot of commitment to just go and just like do it and have like an MO and stuff like that. That's not me. I feel like serial killer like a boomer shit. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that um viral meme going around that like listed like 20 serial killers and like most of them were Virgos and then like <gasps> follow up was like Geminis and Sagittarius's which um you know I understand we are we are a charming folk. Um what what are your signs again? I'm a Pisces. And I am a Virgo, so I'm I'm a, I'm definitely oh I'm up there. Oh Is that why you were just accusing me so you can take attention away from yourself? No. That's not what a serial killer would no, do. No, 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 no. A thing that a serial killer do is they like to blend in in society. They're just like, mm -hmm. you don't see them really. They just agree. They're like, oh, yes, iced coffee is good because they want to <laughs> seem normal. Yeah, that's why I became a fat comedian <laughs> uh, that gets on stages because I was like, let me just blend in. Um... <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Oh, my uh, God. Well, I feel like these hills to die on are definitely going to be repeatedly agree to disagree moments because truly, I'm telling you, there's memes going around fully stating that about 25% of women's personalities is just the sound that's swirling the ice and their iced coffee makes when they're walking around. Um, so I just, I really feel like I express myself through my iced coffee. So I, well, I feel personally attacked is all I got to say yeah. about that. I think, I feel like one thing, well, I think this is one thing we can all agree on is, um, that we love, um, watching crazy rich people fight. I don't know. Like, I feel like, <laughs> yes. I feel like we do a lot of group text message exchanges about 100%. like, yeah, just like rich people who have way too much time on their hands and fight about things that are just outside of our tax bracket. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I sent you the this post the other day, um, you know, Tibble, things I bought and like, which is like a great account on Instagram. If you're not following, you should. But she had tagged me in this, you know, Tracy Anderson is this like workout guru from like, I mean, I remember her from the early 2000s. Like, actually, when I hear Tracy Anderson's name, I get a little bit of like early 2000s PTSD because it it's like remind me of like Rachel Zoe, that era of just like mm, super thin mm. Hollywood women just like super tiny and i could never fit in this box before um, the kardashian butt boom essentially yeah exactly way before that mm -hmm. and so tracy anderson she got she got famous because she uh gwyneth paltrow was like the first celebrity that was you know found her and became you know she became a personal trainer to gwyneth paltrow then gwyneth paltrow introduced her to madonna and then so she just sort of like 
blew up from there, but she is suing one of her former employees who uh, worked for her for like six years, essentially claiming copyright over her choreograph moves um, and saying, you know, it's proprietary, it's confidential that she's stealing these um, exercise moves that are the Tracy Anderson method. And, you know, when I was like, you know, diving into this case, it's interesting for, for like many reasons. One, it's very like two rich white ladies fighting, which I watch a lot of Bravo. You know, that is my favorite pastime to do. Mm-hmm. Two, it's like brings up this idea of like copywriting on choreography, which is really interesting in this TikTok world that we're living in now, because I also yeah. just discovered that... um you know Carlton Alfonso Ribeiro who played Carlton on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air he also he tried to copyright you know the Carlton dance you know everyone does that Carlton dance oh that's funny because he was involved in a in a lawsuit against Fortnite you know that that game I don't play that but a lot of people play that Fortnite game him and you know the backpack kid who did the flossing everyone was doing the flossing yeah they were suing Fortnite and and it was like you know determined that essentially these dance moves couldn't be copyright. But so I'm interested from that perspective of like Tracy's moves and how that will go forward. And then I'm also just like kind of curious about Tracy Anderson. If ba- remember that bad vegan series that came out on Netflix yeah. uh, a while uh, yeah, ago? Yeah, I seriously think that they could do another Netflix series because Tracy Anderson's backstory is kind of wild like just all of it combined i mean i don't even know where we want to jump in because there's so much to this that it's just like it's kind of a crazy story and i didn't realize you know when you know how we start looking at stories you think you have one impression like i think i went into the story thinking like oh tracy anderson like i'll never we'll never be friends you know she's just like this thin blonde woman and we have nothing in common and like the more i get into the story i can't tell I might love her. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell <laughs> okay. if I love, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, all I know about her is that both of her husbands died. Very close to each other. And one died of cancer and one died of a heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very interesting. This is turning into a true crime podcast. Now. <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to add that in too. You're like, mm-hmm. you, you want some investigations from that end. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine uh, Mahanid's like detective wall, and it's just like it has like a cute picture of his cats on the top corner, just for motivation. <laughs> but just exactly, a bunch of strings and things. Exactly, it's just very interesting to me that seeing like two fitness like trainers just like fighting like over like you know, uh, like training and exercises and stuff. Because I'm just like, I don't know, like I am not really like, like a a fitness expert so i have no idea what's so special about just like some moves i'm just yeah, like, like we don't yeah. get the that how the copyright would work for like these very exactly. specific exercises i'm like isn't everything just on youtube and you can just look it up anyways exactly yeah well that's the thing that's really interesting about this case is because it really did get birthed out of because you know there were several other employees who have worked under Tracy and left and gone on to do their own things and it's like this is why I was also like rolling my eyes at the beginning of this case because when you work in like a specialized industry right like let's say you're a graphic designer or you know any sort of creative field 
you can't just change your whole, even if you sign an NDA or confidentiality clause, you can't change your whole career um, when you go to do your next venture. And there's going to be overlap because it's like, obviously you use a lot of the same techniques, especially if you're a workout person. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But like in this case, it's pretty interesting because, well, I will say that the one, one, because of COVID, they were forced to sort of move from like in-person training to app training. And I think that's where this sort of started because Tracy wouldn't have seen the other woman whose name is Megan Roop, who is she, she she's suing. It's called the the Sculpt Society um, is who she's suing. She wouldn't have seen these moves if they had been in a, in a studio. But because Megan had to then oh, go to an I app... See. And put them behind a paywall and like, you know, these were videos that people could see. She could see like, wait, that's my move. And that's why I keep thinking this is actually going to be a really interesting jury trial to sit on because they're going to literally put up videos of Tracy's, you know, workouts next to videos of Megan's workouts just to be like, and see this move right here that she's doing right here. This is like a proprietary move. I'm just trying to imagine the first person who's ever done a push up. And I was like, holy shit. If one person does this, I am going to sue them. This is insane. <laughs> well, that's like, I ended up going, there's a there's actually like a circular called the Copyright Registration of Choreography and Pantomime. Oh right? my okay. God. <laughs> so there are certain moves that can never be copywritten because it's just too like basic. So they were saying like, you know, if you if we were at like a, a football game and we were like, give me an A, give me a C, like you can't any movements with arms can't be you can't copyright that um, mm. basic dance moves, um, ballroom dances, square dances can't you know, they're just basic. So it's interesting what it has to almost be a certain series and successions of movements. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. I think I think they should both lose. I am honestly <laughs> just I'm I am honestly like every time I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go get back to the gym, I'm gonna start working out and I download some program or something. All I can say is they just make exercising too complicated. And I'm just like, why are you making this too much? I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to go run for a bit and then just jump around and leave. Like, what are you saying? What, 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 what is this succession of moves that makes it sound like I am going to war or something? Yeah, it's, it's definitely bizarre in the sense that, like, if aliens looked down upon us and they were like, they're trying to copyright and own body movements in specific successions. Like <laughs> it just sounds so bizarre, but yes, I do get it that like they work very hard to put together these sort of like proprietary sort of things. And then they promise, you know, America that they're going to be thin, young and famous forever through these moves. So I get why it's happening, but copyright in general is a really strange thing that I don't understand. And so this in particular, I don't feel bad for either of them. <laughs> like, I just oh, yeah. don't. Well, you know what? Here's what's, here's what's funny to me. It's like, okay, you know, Tracy says she has this, you know, specific method. She's, you know, used her dancer, you know, background, which by the way, she, you know, part of her claims were that, she, you know, she used to be like on Broadway and that she was the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> Nobody could actually confirm whether those are true. But I've always said that if I was going to be like, <laughs> if I was going to lie about something, I would say it was a Power Ranger because who, who would yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, everyone knows for a fact I was the yellow Power Ranger. <laughs> right. but that's just not what we're right. talking about here today. 
But like, you know, and so that she has these methods. She talks about like, you know, the body, the muscles learn really quickly. So I change people's methods every six days. And this is why she is able to charge something like for 150 yeah. sessions, like $4,000. Right. But then when you get Jesus. into like what she was doing for Gwyneth and, and, and Madonna, you know, the quotes are like, we train for two hours, six days a week. We do 45 minutes of dance aerobics followed by work on muscle tone, flexibility, and definition. If I worked out for two hours a day for six days a week, I wouldn't need any special choreography. I would just be thin. Like, you don't have time to do anything else. Is that the method? It's just eat, work out until you die? That's what drives me insane. I'm just like, all you should say is these people have the resources, they have the money, and they have the time to commit to the plan that we're giving them. And that is why they are like the way they are now. But say making it sound like because they follow these specific moves. Like this would be very impressive if you were like, if you do these moves for 10 minutes every day you will have this body. I'm like, okay, now this is insane. <laughs> Bring it down. Patent it. Put it exactly. in a bottle and sell it. Yeah, But yeah, working yeah. out for two hours a day? <laughs> cool, you copyrighted having time. Awesome. I feel like a lot of this, um, I feel like a lot of this lawsuit, though, truly is, is the word I'm thinking, hubris and ego. It seems like a lot of the repeating was Megan... Roop, who she's, you know, her former employee who she's suing, never acknowledge that she worked for Tracy for all these years. And I so see. the other people, when I look at these other employees who, again, have gone on to do other things, you know, they've there have been articles about it. And yeah, I worked for Tracy Studio and all this. But Megan, you know, she she doesn't have it on her LinkedIn. When she talks mm. about it, she says, you know, I used to work for a local studio, which, you know, for someone like Tracy, who mm. spent 20 years building it up and someone calls it a local studio... I, I'm wondering if it's like, you know, she decided to pick this, you know, the Sculpt Society in particular because, okay, you know. Yeah. They feel um, shady, yeah. Yeah, it feels a little bit shady combined with just, you know, look, I want to see what some of these, if if these moves are, you know, very similar because I've never done a Tracy Anderson workout. I've seen sort of like, kind of like the things, like the random things you do online and I'm like, okay, that looks crazy, but, you know. I will say, though, from the bad vegan aspect, I, I would just love to I would love to see this as a Bravo series one because we don't have enough workout shows on Bravo anymore. Workout was one of the most fun reality shows ever. It would be fun to watch this from just that perspective. But from the bad vegan side, I mean, this woman and this is why, again, I have to give her respect. I mean, look, do I respect the fact that she has a baby food eating plan? No, I don't know if I respect that part of it. <laughs> but wait, wait, hold on. What? <laughs> A baby food eating plan? Is it for adults or for babies? For, no, for adults. It was like, it's called the baby food diet. And you just like eat baby food. So it's like a liquid diet, essentially, or like a mashed diet. Yeah. A pre-chewed food diet. I'm sorry, diet. That, is, that is so weird to me. Yeah. I've, I've never been like, you know what I wish I looked like? A baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Mahana, there are women out there that are like, you know what? I wish I looked like a baby. I know it in my heart and my soul that there's <laughs> yeah, women that out is, there. That is weird. Yeah. Her, you know, her whole, first of all, the fact that like in this article, they say she's like five foot and 90 pounds. That's already looks like, feels like a baby to me. Like I definitely know I've held <laughs> a 90 pound baby. And yeah. like her goal and when working out with people is to get them 
Holly, she says Hollywood thin. Hollywood thin is her thing. And it's like thin, but muscular, which again, could be very baby-like if, you know, if you're a certain kind of baby. But <laughs> Just bizarre, Kiki. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. I want to get back to, because underneath this, like, Hollywood... Gwyneth Paltrow buddy person is I think there's a scammer back there in my personal opinion <laughs> because she she you know she, she was, I guess she was born in Indiana like she gets married really young she actually got married to like a basketball player and then she starts this these like studios in Indiana long story short she needs she decides she wants to build these machines and these are the machines that she turns into these hybrid machines that Gwyneth is the first to buy. So she finds this like engineer dude, you know, who builds this machine. She never pays him. She owes him. He like, you know, so she never pays him, but then convinces him to invest in her company. So he starts putting in like all this money and then they start dating. They're still both married. Oh my God. (laughs) But then they start dating. And long story short, she gets these clients. She gets Gwyneth and, and Madonna. And according to him, she ditches him. So then he ended up filing like a a million dollar lawsuit about her, basically saying that she took advantage of him and he had to claim bankruptcy. And like what I, what I will say I hate about that part of the story is that everyone that quoted this lawsuit kept saying, and Tracy used her feminine wilds to take advantage of this man. And I'm like, stop it. This man was fully aware that he was giving money to this woman and he was getting something returned. It's like, stop acting like she was like, used her feminine wild. It's like, come on. That is like... (laughs) Yeah, grow this up. This is a fully sentient grown man. He's feminine wiles. It's so <laughs> stupid. But the okay, but the funniest part of it all is this man clearly was I feel like he was just like a spurn lover, right? Like he was mad that Tracy kind of went on, did her own thing. And when I was looking at him, his name is hold on, let me find his name. I think his name is uh Glenn Barber. Glenn Barber is his name. So Glenn Barber is like the ex-boyfriend who felt jilted. He, you know, he had to, you know, declare bankruptcy. Um, but when you, 
I went and searched his name. Why did one of the first things that popped up was a customer review on Amazon that he left under a Tracy Anderson DVD. Oh my God. You know, that's obviously selling for $5 because, you know, DVDs, hot commodities. A $5 Tracy Anderson. This review is from January 2009. And he basically, it sounds like he was sending letters to Gwyneth and Madonna, but (laughs) please listen to this review. He's like, it is quite interesting that both of you, Gwyneth and Madonna, as if Gwyneth and Madonna are reading the Amazon comment section of the DVD, have endorsed Tracy Anderson as a product, and neither of you, with all of your resources, did any due diligence before doing so. I hope at the very least that this gets the attention of a few fact finders and attorneys within your organizations before someone gets hurt and demands the studies <laughs> and research materials trying to prove negligence. I don't want either of you to suffer any significant loss or repercussions stemming from your association with Tracy or Eric Anderson. I encourage everyone, anyone to investigate these facts and the realizations I have provided Aww. and attempt to discredit even one. Do you realize the real story here is sad? A young woman so warped, so insecure of her inabilities that she resorts to trying to ruin the lives of philanthropic and caring human beings for the benefit of only herself. Do you realize I promote the success of others as a way of life? And I wish you, Gwyneth, you, Madonna, and even Tracy Anderson, success attained legally and honestly and with integrity. This isn't the place to go into detail about my journey while I've been associated with Tracy Anderson. Yeah, I hope he does not go into detail. Jesus Christ. (laughs) This is a brief reality of a day in the life of one of Tracy and Eric Anderson's many victims. My name is Glenn Barber. I can be reached at via email, glennbar at hotmail.com. Hotmail.com. Please reach out to that this man <laughs> with words of comfort. Also, this is this is the line that impresses me the most from this review. And I hope that anyone from the January 6th uh, committee is listening right now. Reach out to Madonna's fact finders. They can help you. <laughs> Apparently, she has people who do nothing but find facts and this man demands that they do their job that's right so please hire them that's right oh my god so yeah tracy anderson she let's see you know this uh i hope this if okay this is going to be a case in la they filed it in california i would love to be called to jury duty for this i will probably get dismissed if i am but that would be um a fun case to sit in um absolutely have you have you been watching physical on apple tv i I love physical it's so good (laughs) i just feel like this could be very physical i don't know i haven't finished watching it's so good it's like rose Byrne and um a bunch of other great people but um she plays a really really great character y'all everybody should check it out because it's a really great show and i think she's brilliant in it Amazing. The second season just came out too. So, and talking about TV shows, the Emmy nominations came out. I'm so yes. excited. Yes. I'm so excited about this. Ideas like what obviously Succession is just jerking ourselves off with all these like 25 Emmys. Oscar nominations. Jesus yes. Christ. Uh, it's a bit hazy after those came out. Yeah. But we'll say at least, you know, Abbott Elementary is is nominated. So great. Which so is so happy. Yes. So good. 
are you friends with Janelle James? Because we got to get her on the show before she wins. We've, I mean, we've done we've done shows together. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call us friends. I don't think she would. Uh, wow. Be Offended like, oh yeah, people <laughs> before. What if she considers you guys the close? What if she your brother? I think I think she would be offended if I came on this podcast and claimed <laughs> I was friends with her when she doesn't really know me that well. Got it, got it, got it. Got it. Uh, but I think she's so fucking funny, and I'm glad she's nominated. Yeah, because uh, she's she like she's such a good she did such a good job on on like that role, and I think this is like maybe her first acting role too. Well, That's yeah, wild. and then like cause she and you and there was that story. I think she tweeted about how like she was like. Two years she had ago she had tweeted like oh I have to go in this audition I hate auditions and it ended up yeah, being yeah, yeah. for Abbott Elementary and she was just like man like it changed her life and it was just so funny because yeah I used to follow her just as a comedian and this is what I love about acting is because like the Janelle James I saw online just is so different than the one that's being portrayed at Abbott Elementary and that's why she's so good because yeah. she's that versatile um, I think she's just like the most amazing character yeah yeah. I do agree with her on on the uh, on the auditioning sucks part because my god, it's it's hell. it is soul sucking. It's it is hell. truly yeah. They're like, hey, read these lines for thirty seconds, and then we will decide if you can do this whole role. Yeah. Wait, have you been on a lot? Of, have you two been on a lot of auditions a lot? Oh, I've auditioned a lot. Yeah, yeah me too. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Wait, you guys have headshots in the whole nine yards. The whole nine yeah. yards. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never done that. Kiki, you could do it too if you wanted to. If you wanted to well, be miserable, you make it sound <laughs> so appealing. <laughs> no, me... I'll say this: it's just like it's one of those. Like now, it's easier because most of, most of the industry adapted to just auditioning from home and just sending the tape. So you can do as many takes as you want, which is good. Or you can do it on Zoom, so it's like easier that way. Before, like before the pandemic, you used to go to some office in the middle of Manhattan somewhere, and then you just audition in person, and you can, you know, you don't have you have to memorize your lines and and all of that shit. And it was soul crushing because you're just like more than once I would go, and I'm just like the second they're like, okay, start talking, I'm like I do not remember a single line, <laughs> a single fucking word. I thought like I would be really good at memorizing lines, but anytime I'm even just doing like a quick, like, tiktok video or whatever it's hard i like will read a line and i'm like i don't remember shit why can't i remember one fucking line yeah i mean the key is is to be like is for it to become like natural you know it just comes out like you're not but the thing is like because most of these auditions you literally get it and they're like okay tomorrow you have to do it you don't have the time so you kind of like you know you have an idea of what it is but while you're saying it you're aware of the words coming out of your mouth <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre and you're like and you're already thinking about the next word as well so it's just like you know it's kind of soul crushing and also like you get like some auditions that i got you read it and you're like okay i mean i this know why bad. you sent this to me uh it just says this is this person is like literally just like vaguely middle eastern north african whatever <laughs> and it is this and that and i'm just like i mean i am not i'm never gonna get this because yeah. i know this is not the person you're imagining and it's just been sent to me anyway and it's you you get a lot of weird things like that yeah, uh, I get a lot of cleaning ladies and mothers, and what? oh yeah. yeah, and I just flat out reject like I would say seventy five percent of all the auditions that I get, maybe eighty five percent of all. But the really, auditions. because don't you all have to start? I mean, don't you have to start from somewhere? Yeah, but I just don't care about that. If I'm not, 
I'm not going to claw my way American Express commercial by American Express commercial to do the things that I want to do. There's also, no way. Uh-uh. Yeah. Also, the, like, I, like uh, Kiki, like the whole like, like start somewhere. I get that. You obviously want to start somewhere for sure. Like you're not going to get like a leading role from like an audition. But then that doesn't really apply to like most of like the <laughs> uh, like white actresses and actors that I no. know like who are like their first role is a major role. And they did mm-hmm. not have to start anywhere, and they get be get it because they fit. And then you have to just settle all these like meaningless roles. That's fair. That are just like make you do stuff. They were just like this feels morally wrong. Because I get <laughs> yeah. like sometimes they're like, so your character, uh, you're an immigrant. I'm like cool. I am that. And then you have an accent, and you're like okay, cool. I do have an accent. And you're like okay, your accent is like not thick enough. It's just like make it like. Make it sound like you're like, you know, you're not really good at it. I'm like, no, but like, you know, a lot of people, like this is like 2022. A lot of people like know how to speak English really well, even though they've never lived here. Like, no, but we want it thicker. I'm like, I'm just going to do my accent. Like I talk. This is how I'm, uh, yeah. It's all there already, baby. It's, Why it's you already there. Something. Yeah. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. All Maybe right, this is well. a new image that we need now that people can like, you know, we're like literally in a globalized world now. People like know how to speak English well. They have never lived here. So it's, it's you <laughs> no. know. It's surprising to hear that, um, but also not surprising to hear that. But I will say that like one of the one of my favorite parts about the Emmy nomination was that Lizzo had like six nominations. I'm like, so excited about it. And I mean, if her reality show was dope and you know, there was, you know, but it's just like when I see I I just see myself in Lizzo. So when I when Lizzo does something, I'm like, I can do it too. Even though I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. I can do it too. <laughs> I feel you. I feel I feel very similarly. And it's I, I always to go back to the representation bit, which is so hard because technically <laughs> we're offering representation when I play a cleaning lady. Like technically, yeah, I'm a, maybe a Latina on a television show, but I don't need that. I don't need that. And I will say, I feel like the careers of the people that I admire the most that I think are doing the greatest usually start in comedy and end up getting cast on a TV show acting. 100%. Um, And that is, I think, the route that I would rather take versus the commercial route. Because it's just, if you already don't fit the format, you know, um, if you already aren't a Tracy Anderson, then it can be really hard, I think, to get back into a space where you're going for like target ads and American express ads. They've got a really specific type of person that they hire. And, um, yep. It's not you. So tiny blonde women win everything. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. 
So be sure to join us every Wednesday on the Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Two young fathers are shot to death outside an iconic Utah restaurant. I said, your dad has been hurt really bad. The grief was disorienting for those left behind until one choice changed everything. I just remember writing this letter and it wasn't me writing it. Can a personal decision shape generations? We're all falling for this guy's trick. I'm Amy Donaldson. Season two of The Letter, Ripple Effect, is available now. Follow us at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we have uh, something coming up. We don't know. We haven't heard this listener apology. We don't know what it is. So I'm excited to um, go through it. We have Alex, our producer here, who is going to surprise us with this. And she's going to read this apology out loud. And apparently there's collateral material that we have to check out as well. So Alex, take it away. I cannot wait. Hello, everyone. Um, yes, this uh, listener apology is very exciting. It comes with a photo. So this is going to be huge. <laughs> okay, okay. And Mahana, you actually previewed it a bit, um, probably not on purpose earlier, oh, when you said okay. um, uh, serial killers are for boomers, I think you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, something boomers, yeah. along those yeah. lines. All right. So this listener apology comes from a listener named Julie. And Julie wrote, I am a fucking fine ass, right and tight, fit 61-year-old Jamaican-Cuban woman okay. who just got the job of her dreams last year. And I am so tired of you painting, quote, boomers with the same brush. It's oh. such low-hanging fruit. Honestly, you guys, sometimes I get so upset listening to people in their 30s. I expect this shit from 20-year-old kids, but my God, by the time you're in your mid to late 30s, have a little perspective. So I say all that to say you owe me, Julie A. Bailey, an apology. And um, I'm just going to share this photo with you all. Oh, my God. Damn. Julie, she's so beautiful. She looks hotter <laughs> than me, that's for sure. Way better oh shape. Oh, my God. The shoulders are popping. She's got I chunky necklaces. Yeah. There's a thick-rimmed glasses and a, and a short cut. Um, I get it. Okay. It's based, it's like a Skims, a very Kim Kardashian Skims outfit happening. Yeah, we'll Everything post it looks... on social so y'all can meet, can meet Julie. Y'all, we are getting called out. Well, look, I'm going to say that's for you too because I always preface any, I don't like to use Boomer. I think I said that and I said like the only time I used it was like because I knew it was wrong. But if I did, if I did <laughs> use it incorrectly, I'm sorry, Julie, because I try not to. I I love I am not an ageist. I love all I love all ages. Okay. You know, you know, can I say something? I, yes. I think Julie first of all looks amazing and uh thank you for sending the picture. And I'm 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 sorry for using the word boomer in, in that way. But I know we're not supposed to be say but after an apology. <laughs> and I'll say this though. To me, the word boomer does not mean someone who's in the age category of a boomer, if that makes sense. Yeah. To me, boomer is a mentality versus age. Agreed. Okay. Because, like, for for example, Tommy Laren, who's on, uh, who's a Fox News anchor or whatever, she is my age or younger, I think. To me, Tommy Laren is a boomer. Okay. Fair. 
Yeah, yeah. I was going to say something really similar. It's sort of like how Karen doesn't mean all like white women. It means a specific subset of a mentality of a woman. You know what I mean? You know what? It's ironic is that Candace Owens is both a Karen and a boomer. And a boomer. Exactly. Damn. Exactly. Intersectionality is important to talk about. Um, and certainly exactly. we are inclusive in this <laughs> we show. Are very inclusive yeah. in this show. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like someone who's like older, who's like you know, like progress, like like Larry Sanders is not a boomer. Larry, Larry Sanders, Sanders like, in a fun Sanders. way, he's he's, See, he's playing. Is... You know, I was thinking about Bernie Sanders right now, yeah. and to me, Bernie Sanders is not a boomer, even right. though he is like like you know, like in his seventies, he's not a boomer, but. There are people younger than me who I consider to be to be boomers. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's more of a I think it's a more of a mentality versus an an age thing. I I agree with that. But yeah. Julie, I definitely understand where she's coming from. She doesn't want to be lumped in. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Julie, you're absolutely not in that category you we're are talking not about. You look amazing. Boomer. You're yeah. great. And also you listen to this podcast. So that by itself is is, you know, says so much about you yeah that you have good taste agreed and also i'm so happy that you got your dream job that's so badass right hell yeah oh, that's amazing that is very very cool well julie i'm glad we clarified we did i'm sorry but you but i hope that that's okay um and uh thank you for listening what a badass Okay, now uh, we move to my favorite segment that we do every week, which is Sorry, Not Sorry, where we either demand an apology from someone or we apologize. And like every week, I'm going to start with Oha. Yeah, so I have a, a... I guess I would like to require an apology. And I'll require... I'm requiring an apology from all the people whose love language is gift giving. Because I don't believe in it. I think it's a bad love language and I'm really struggling with it. And I get that getting and receiving gifts is good, but doesn't it just feel a little, um, uh, I'll call it like a little greedy, just a little like want a thing versus all the other ones that are so lovely. So I would like an apology from all um, my gift giving love language friends who, if I don't get them something, then they feel slighted. Yeah, I, th I think gifts are weird to me because I'm always like, I feel like just ask me what I need and just give me that. <laughs> yeah. You know, seriously. I'm like, the same. If you want to give me just what do we need? Yeah, like I need like I like I literally just want you to give me something that I, I need and something that I'm going to use. I also like, you know, like it's like sometimes it's nice to give some like, you know, like to get something that like is sentimental that you can keep and all of that. I get that in some, you know, in some aspects and of life. But for the most part, I just need something that I I'm gonna I'm gonna use. You know, yeah. literally, if you if you give me a coffee maker, that's great. <laughs> you know, only if it makes hot coffee, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. exactly. If it makes if it makes iced coffee, I, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out of the window. Uh, just saying. <laughs> well, Kiki, what's uh, what's happening with you this week? You know, I want an apology from the 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 ex-friend they're an ex-friend who um back in this is from years and years ago i'm talking like early 2000s it was it was shortly after i realized i had overplucked my eyebrows because you know in, mm. in the early 2000s like thin eyebrows were in i could never get it fully like 
Pamela Anderson look like it just never looked right on me. And I always plucked it in the wrong place. And I remember when I realized that my eyebrows looked garbage, I asked my friend, like, <laughs> will they ever grow back? And she was like, no. And I believed that. <laughs> I believed that. <laughs> and I was so terrified. Um, cause I would like an apology because they did grow back. Now they didn't grow back quite the same. They always had like little patchy areas, but you know, one of the great, one of the great perks of our job is that we get to try amazing things all the time. And like, you know, I always want to make sure it's like work before I like tell other people about it. But we, you and I, uh, Oha got to try this Ravella eyebrow serum and oh. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to try this on my eyebrows and see if like I can fill these patches in because like even though the eyebrows did grow back mostly, I still have to do like the fill in. Right. And like every morning, that's just like kind of annoying when you have to like get a pencil out, especially when I'm doing like, you know, TikToks or whatever. Um, I was like, I just want to fill it in. Well, so I've been using it for like maybe 30 days. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but like there's like no patches like there used to be like you are full kind of like there yeah patchy areas and like i have like full on just like look i can do like the the rock like i'm doing this um anyways they're really fucking cool but you know what the best part of this brand is like and this is why i like to promote brands like this is because you know you take a picture i took a picture of myself like the day day one when i started And they say, like, if you, you know, take a picture or selfie of yourself the first day and then after 90 days, if you don't see results, they'll just give you your money back, which is like, that's that's a a claim. Like, that's a claim. I mean, this this company, it was kind of cool. So it's like a Harvard and Harvard and MIT scientist who created the serum. And they actually had been working on cancer research. And they pivoted. They're like, okay. Well, during COVID, their labs closed. And so they did. They had to pivot. Um, And so they started working on hair revival serums. And so they have one for your hair. They have some for your hair. I mean, my hair, I will say, on the top of my hair is pretty good. But they have one for your eyebrows. So, you know, been using one for the eyebrows. It's really, really cool. They also, you can check out other, you know, before and after photos uh, on their website. Um, but Ravella, I'm I'm going to say that this is, uh, it works. You know, I'm always skeptical of the, of the, of the hair regrowth serums, you know, because I'm, I'm a nineties baby. I remember these infomercials, but <laughs> for <Rose>. hair revival, <laughs> hair regrowth has come a long way. And um, yeah, Ravella is legit. I'm just deathly scared of getting it any other place except for my eyebrows. So I very carefully apply to make sure that I'm not just like hairy eyelids. I guess those are called eyelashes. Anyways. Um, <laughs> hairy eyelids. No, they're, they're now hairy eyelids. That's, that's what they are now. <laughs> but I have very thick eyebrows, but same as patchy and it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, you should, you should require an apology from your friend because she made you lose hope when you didn't need to lose hope. You just have to wait 15 years and, <laughs> and have this product come out. So listen, old Kiki friend, fuck you for being such a, for being a hater, yeah. for being a big, big hater, bitch. Just, just absolutely fucking roasted. Oh my God. What about you, Mo? I honestly just need, and I know this is like a... A very hard apology to get. Mm. But the Instagram algorithm, I feel like now it's bullying me at this mm. point. 
Like, I don't know what I have have I said or what have I done for it to be showing me the stuff that it's showing. Like now, most of the stuff I'm being shown are videos. Like my Instagram has turned into TikTok now. And it's videos from people I don't follow. And it's mostly stand-up comedians who are not doing jokes. They're doing crowd work. Yeah. And I'm sure like, oh, you're familiar with crowd work. Kiki, you are too. It's yeah. You're not doing jokes. You're just talking to the yeah. crowd. It's essentially, it's like, it's like crowd surfing, but with jokes, you know? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very, very uh, generous of you to say jokes because mm-hmm. most of these crowd work uh, bits are do not have jokes. I am no. so tired of seeing people who are like bad at crowd work do crowd work and Instagram is serving me that. I do not <laughs> need to see someone on stage holding a mic asking people in the crowd what they're doing for work, how long they've been together, and if anyone has a birthday today. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or or have you ever heard this guy knows what I'm talking about? That guy that lady knows yeah, what I'm talking about. That guy is just sitting in the front. He has no <laughs> idea what you're saying. And people are making whole like reels and 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 TikToks about this? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. they're literally just like uploading it and I'm just like and I'm like, "Buddy, just write some jokes. What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, like you know who should be working? The comedian. Are you paying these people to work? Why are you making them work? <laughs> The crowd should not be working. I have never been to a stand-up comedy show and thought to myself, I wonder what this guy who paid $20 for a ticket thinks. Yeah, they all owe you an apology. The comedian's uploading the reel, the algorithm from IG, but then also just, you know, people who aren't writing the jokes that you want. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Let's write jokes. I I don't even have to like them. I just have to be like, well, this is a joke. That's it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Let's oh do some my god, work. you guys! What a joy! What a joy to talk to you guys! What a joy to ask for apologies of the world. We've done nothing wrong, and we should be proud of it. I'm sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles Wax and Jessica Cordova Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, 
wherever you get your podcasts.